Where do we go? I wanted to uh, put the symbol there. What, why, why this? Actually, I, I've been at the cross at Christmas. Where you guys have been for Christmas, I went to the cross. Um, somebody said to me, did you enjoy the spirit of Christmas? And I said, no, I didn't. But I enjoyed the presence of God and the spirit of Christ. And God, I, I want this to be a year for us where we lift up the cross. Yeah, I don't know about you, but that's my, my heart. But for me this year, I want to be someone who lifts the cross. Don't, don't let the cross be of no value. But actually, take full advantage of... I'll stand back a bit. Take full advantage of the cross and the work of Christ on the cross. Don't let it be wasted. Okay. Here is deliverance. Shall I change? Here for us is deliverance and victory and salvation. Here is overcoming. It's the place that we win. And so I want to speak this morning on the cross. God sometimes encourages me, you know. This is uh, it's a wonderful place to be, to stand and to, to speak. It's also a nerve-wracking experience. And so I usually ask God when I, when I, I begin to wake in the morning, and I woke this morning, and as I open my eyes, sometimes I see things. God speaks to me in the morning. And when he speaks to you, but usually for me it's the morning. And I woke and I saw Mary. I saw an image of Mary standing over, what would you call it? The crib? Yeah, what did I say it was? A manger. That's the word I wanted. And I saw Mary and she's standing by the manger and she bends over. Come on, enjoy the image. She bends down and she kisses and I thought, well, that's really nice. It's lovely. It blessed me, you know. My, my, my father's heart was blessed at the image. And God said, what did she do? And I said, she kissed the baby. And God said, she just kissed the face of God. She kissed the face of prophet, priest, and king. She standed me. Turn me away. You want me to swap, yeah? No way. Okay. And so I saw this image, yeah, where, where Mary kissed the baby, and God said, she just kissed the face of God. And I thought, how astounding is that? How amazing is that? Of all the mothers in the world that kiss a child, she kissed the face of God. And then my thoughts went to Jesus when he was on the cross. And he stood, and Mary watched. And God said to me, the, the child that she delivered has just delivered her. I thought, come on. I thought, how incredible is that? That the baby that she delivered and brought into this world has just delivered her. And then God said to me that in his veins, in his very being, is healing for the nations. Oh, wow. Come on, we, we miss it. We know the story, but we don't understand the truth and the relevance of this. We miss it. We don't grasp it. We don't catch it. In him is life. In him is life. If I am lifted up, 
Come on, you know it, but you don't know it. If I'm lifted up, I'm going to draw all men to myself. We know it, but we don't know it. We understand it, but we miss it. It's too simple, it passes us by somehow. Come on, come on. So I, I want to take you to the cross. Huh, you say you've been there at the point of view. I want to take you back to the cross, to the place of restoration. There, there, there were seven things that were said that Jesus spoke at the cross. We can't do the seven. I, I, I spent some time at Christmas. I did this because I know there's a conference coming, so I prepared a message for a conference. But God so spoke into my heart. Yeah, what is it? Two and a half thousand words. We, we don't have the time. Well, I have if you have. Okay. But two and a half thousand, it's too many words. It's two messages in one. But we can look at some. I want to unwrap some of it. So here we go. Calvary was the place of three crosses. Of rebe- rebellion. Of repentance. And restoration. Mm-hmm. Three crosses. There were three crosses there, but it was these crosses that I want to speak about. The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of our faith. It's the symbol that we, that, that we place upon ourselves. Who's got a cross on this morning? Yeah. I thought about wearing one, but you'd think I was David Carr. <laughs> I thought I'd put one on. And then I thought, well, just because I joined the Order of St. Leonard's, maybe I should wear one. I wondered. I don't want to confuse you. But I want to say that thank God that now we see the cross is empty. When, when, when I wanted a symbol, I, I wanted an empty cross. Yeah, I wanted it with, with some light behind it bringing hope. We, we looked at some this morning, hundreds and thousands of images for crosses. But it's much more than an ornament, much more than something we wear, much more than something that we, that we hang around our neck to bring us good luck. Yeah, thank God it's an empty cross. I want to say that because of this seeming tragedy for good, this apparent victory for evil was overturned by the power and purposes of God into a time of triumph and victory. I want to say that here is resurrection, here is new life. Here is a new beginning, a new season, a new time, a new day, a new opportunity. I I guess you, you understand I'm a little excited. What does the cross mean to us? What does this cross say and speak to us? Here it is. The cross is God's final word regarding the character and consequence of human sin. Here it's finished. It shouts and proclaims the wonder of divine sacrifice. That's what it does. And the wonderful love of God is seen here. That's what it is. Come on, let's lift the cross up. Could, could, could I ask you to do something for me? I want symbolically you to do something now that we can do this year. Could you just point to the cross? Can we just do that? Can we just point to the cross? Here is the answer for humanity, the answer for mankind, the answer for every sick and hurting soul, for every wounded person. Here is the answer. Brothers and sisters, point to this cross. Make it something that you do in your life, in your living. Be a signpost. Be an example. Be one who says... This is the end of the old and the beginning of the new. Here is the time of God's deliverance, of God's salvation. Jesus went to the cross so through, that through his death and resurrection we might have a personal relationship with God. The cross is God's declaration of love. That's what it is. 
I had, this, I had this other thought on my heart. This was where Jesus' last will and testament was read. Yeah. See the last will and testament. He was his last will and testament. His last words. Here full atonement for sin was made. For you, for me, for them, for whoever. It's Jesus stretched out between heaven and earth, suffering more than any other person has ever ever suffered. For you and for me. Did I enjoy my Christmas at the cross? A little. But I want to say it's the most holy place that we can go. The most precious place that we can be. In the busyness of life, can I, can I suggest you might sit there a while? Yeah. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Sit and receive from him. I said we don't have time, but we'll do some. Jesus hung upon this cross. He made seven statements. Significant number, actually, because seven is God's perfect number. He said seven things. The words that he said cover the most basic needs of mankind. So let's look at these, these words a little. The first word, Luke 23, verse 24. Father, forgive them, because I don't know what they're doing. And so when I, when I read that, I thought, forgive who? Come on, it's logical. Yeah, that's what engineers do. They look at things logically. Forgive who? Who is he forgiving? There are many groups around the cross. The nearest to them would have been the execution party. The ones who, nailed in, who hammered the nails into his hands and his feet. Was he forgiving them? Huh? The least needing of forgiveness, actually. Soldiers, cruel though they were, were obeying orders. If they didn't do it, they'd have been executed in his place. Was he forgiving them? <laughs> they had the unspeakable task of nailing, ha- hammering in nails into the hands and feet of Christ. <laughs> they too were involved in crucifying the Lord of glory. They too. The other groups who were there, the Romans, those who cried, Away with him, crucify him, crucify him. His disciples who never raised a finger in protest. His mother who stood there and watched. And Pilate doing the blame shifting game, washing his hands in the palace. The teachers and the priests and the traitor who sold him. And the crowd who cried crucify him at the fast of his trial. And in the distance in the palace is Pilate. Was that who he was forgiving? Let me ask you a question. We, we, we've got, I, I look out, I see many black faces. God bless you. Do you know what I thought? I saw your faces when I prepared this, and I thought of the Negro spiritual. Were you there? When they crucified my Lord. Were you there? I was there. I'm in trouble, you see. I was present. I was there. I dare to tell you, you were there. You were in his heart, in his mind. You were there. 
Perhaps it would be better if we sang, Were you there when I crucified my Lord? Come on. We're doing well, you know. Every one of us is equally guilty. And Jesus encompassed us when he said this, Father, forgive them. What a perceptive world this is. Mankind so blinded by evil, so corrupted by sin, that it reacts to the, so violently to the purity of Christ. It takes him away to crucify him. <laughs> and so the wonder of the cross is this, that in the cross there is forgiveness. In the cross there's tenderness. <laughs> Years later, John, who I believe was at the cross, wrote these words. <laughs> if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I wonder what it was like for John to be there. I expect he changed in the ensuing years and time. <clears throat> Forgiveness is the hallmark of Christianity. It's the one thing that we have that's different to any other religion. Been forgiven. Are you forgiving? Are you giving? Are you pointing to the cross? Or are you standing by? Are you with the crowd? As those who are here. <laughs> I think we're probably going to do three of the seven. His second word narrows its focus to one single needy person. The thief on the cross. God not only sees the whole world, but he sees every individual person. You know, this is the place of no hiding place. When you come in here. <clears throat> you may come and think you can sneak in and sit at the back somewhere, but it's no hiding place. Because God sees everyone. And at the cross... The eyes of Jesus saw all. Not one was hidden from him. He sees it made up of individual races and families. And then he sees every individual person. This was the most pivotal, pivotal day in the history of humanity. Everything before this was leading to that and everything after this is because of that. It happened, so I say it happened that there were two thieves who were crucified with Jesus. And one of them starts to, you like this young folks, one of them starts to gob off at him. Yeah? Starts to gob off at Jesus. And the other one who must have known who he was says, shh, hush your mouth. Guilty? Sure they were. They're not there to make up the numbers or to make the story more interesting. Here was Jesus numbered with the transgressors. A thief, crucified with my saviour. One thief was convicted of his own vileness and sinfulness and cries out, Jesus, will you forgive me? And the answer that Jesus gave today, you'll be with me in paradise. Yeah. You going? It's like the cry of your heart in the presence of God. God, I'm unclean, I know I've failed. I know I've fallen short. I know I've missed it. 
These two were receiving their just rewards and Jesus had done nothing amiss. One of them feared God. I want to say none of us is beyond redemption. No one is beyond redemption. Every person who's prepared to humble their heart before God and to ask forgiveness can be saved. Not one of us needs to be lost. I want to say this man's cry didn't fall on deaf ears. Jesus answered and said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. The man was simply saved by believing and having faith. Didn't need a third party, didn't need me to be present, to pray, to join in, to somehow offer my bid. All that was required was Jesus and the man. Today, today, in the presence of God, you and Jesus is enough. Doesn't need a third party. Doesn't need anybody else. Just needs for you to simply admit that you've done wrong. He was a criminal, broken the law, but the measure of his sin didn't alter one bit his chance of being saved. Hmm. I kind of thought I might sing this, but I don't know if I can. The hymn writer puts it this way. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. I wish I could sing it. My mouth's dry. I'm in a mess. That's okay. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Do you need it? Do you want it? Will you take it? Come on, I need it every day. Sorry, guys. Don't have any illusions. I need it every day. I need it every moment. I need to reach out to the cross. Make it mine. Because the day hasn't come yet for my perfection. But but when I see him, I'm going to be like him. But for now, I'm the vilest offender who truly believes. That moment, a pardon from Jesus I receive. It's a time of decision for both of them. One believed and one didn't. Let me ask the question, which thief are you? The believing thief or the unrepentant thief? Mm. I'm repentant. I'm humbled. Stand in the presence of greatness. Stand in the presence of a God who gave everything for me. That's who I am. Why are you doing great? The third word is this. Jesus said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, Here is your mother. I wonder what it must have been like for Jesus to be on the cross and look at his mum. Come on. What would it be like, ladies, to be stood in the crowd 
and to look at your son on the cross. I can't imagine that. But what would it like to be Jesus on the cross and look at your mother? The one who kissed you in the manger. Who hugged you when you hurt. It's not surprising that he distances himself from her and calls her woman. Less painful for her. He's not being disrespectful. He's simply making it a little easier for her. I'm going to say this again. When Mary kissed her little baby, she was not just kissing another infant or another mother, kissing a newborn. She was kissing the face of God. baby boy that she delivered on the first Christmas was now on a cross delivering her. Her agony had to be changed in that moment to adoration. The agony in her heart that she felt at her loss, at her, her pain needed to be changed to adoration. Here was her time of deliverance, her time of salvation. This third word introduces us to a wider implication of this great salvation. It shows the relationship seen between individuals at the cross. Psychologists say this, that there are two things that men want. They want power. Come on, guys. We do. And they want love. That's what men want. At the heart of our wanting is the love that Jesus showed on the cross. It's where true love is. It's where it's found. It's where it's seen. I'll tell you another verse you know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him shouldn't perish but have everlasting life. Here's Mary standing in the crowd. I wonder if she remembers the words spoken at the temple. Come on, you'll know this. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This was the moment when the sword pierced her at the cross. Broken hearted. I hope you're getting the picture. I kind of... I've been here a while now. It doesn't get any more comfortable. It was yet more pain and suffering for Jesus to view, to see his mother in the crowd and look at her face. Oh my. He's touched with his mother's suffering but refers to her as woman, not mother. It would have seemed more tender and caring if he had called her mother. The more she thinks of him as son, the greater her pain. Mary must now be, begin to think upon Jesus as her Lord. Mary's emotional suffering must be replaced by adoration. Jesus' pain and agony is redemptive in its purpose.
little word for you ladies. Mary would minister to the brokenhearted. Do that, Alison. Done it for me. Mary would minister to the brokenhearted. It shows that in the cross all barriers have been broken. Mary represents the women of the world, all too often treated as inferior. Come on, ladies, stand up. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, shall not suffer loss. Come on, ladies, stand up. I promise I won't ask you to sit down. Stand up. She represents those getting on in years. Right, Jackie, you're laughing. (laughs) At the cross, there's no age barrier. There's no sex barrier. For all who come to Jesus are part of his household. The world tells us there's, this word tells us that there's a love at the cross for which having been received is to be shared. You're sharing it? Yeah. I'm going to go to the end now, but the fourth word is this. I'll, I will just tell you what they are. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's the fourth one. As darkness and death wrapped itself, I love pictures, you see. As darkness and death wrapped itself around the soul of Jesus, and he cried that God had forsaken him. How could the sun shine? How could it? The sun didn't shine, it went dark. How could it shine? How could the sun shine upon that? Time stood still. Hmm. The fifth word is this. We don't have the time, but I thirst. I thirst. Jesus thirsty for all of mankind. Thirsty so that you could drink. Thirsty so that you uh, would never thirst again. So I just want to do this, really. The sixth word of the cross. It is finished. It is finished. When I first read it, I thought, that's it, it's all over. It's all done with, it's up. The game's done now. Jesus has died and it's finished. It's not like that. It's not like that. This was the ghastly cry that rang over the scene. But let me ask you, what was finished? What was finished? Was it referring to his suffering, to his life's work? Certainly it was both of those. But Jesus' cry was the simple one. It was proclaiming victory over the evil one. It is finished. In the gigantic struggle between good and evil, the Son of Man had suffered grievously but finish the work of redemption. It is finished. 
He didn't say, he didn't say, I've said it, you see. When, you might not believe that I run, but I do sometimes. Yeah, I do sometimes. And when I've run as far as I can, I use these words. That's it. I'm finished. But Jesus didn't say that. He said, it is finished. It was a shout of victory over sin, over death, over hell. Nothing left for man to do but to enter into the results of Christ's finished work. Have you entered in? I do. I say I do because I do. It's not that I did it once. I do. I do. I do. Again and again and again and again I enter in. This morning I entered in, both to the presence of God, through the blood of Christ, a far better sacrifice. And I enter in. Nothing left for man to do. The price has been paid, a full, a perfect and sufficient sacrifice. And finally Jesus says this, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Is that what we're doing? Is that what we do? God, commit myself to you, my life to you, my heart to you. The Father receives this sin offering made by Jesus and demonstrates by the resurrection of Christ that he's both received it and approves of it. Jesus consciously gave his life and he laid it upon the altar. This was no accident. I'm going to summarize this for you. Let these words this week as we, we fast and we pray. Can I encourage you to spend some time at the cross? To go there, to go to a place, it's what I do. I have a room where the cross is. It's not a visual image, it's not something, but I have a place where I go to meet with God. I consciously go to, to somewhere. Find somewhere, have a place. Go and sit at the foot of the cross and let these words touch your heart. The first one was this, Father, forgive them. There's forgiveness at the cross. The second one was, today you'll be with me. There's salvation at the cross. Body, soul and spirit. The third one is this, woman, Here is your son. There's love for you at the cross. The fourth one. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's atonement for you at the cross. The fifth one is I thirst. Jesus suffered for you at the cross. The sixth one, it is finished. Jesus was the victor over sin at the cross. And the seventh word is this, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. There is eternal security for you at the cross. And I finish with this. May the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ be our source of inspiration and our entrance into the family of God.
please point to the cross. Make that your mission. Even if you say nothing in your heart, in your life, in your obedience, in your meditation, in your worship, point to the cross. Finished. God bless you.